0: today let's look at the readings huh and as we begin with the, the word of God let's start with the gospel the gospel is in one John the gospel John chapter 1 and of course we begin with behold the Lamb of God and uh, that is how Jesus proclaimed by John the Evangelist. I mean John the baptizer behold the Lamb of God now again this is the fulfillment of prophecy right It's the fulfillment of the prophecy of Abraham when he talked to Isaac, his son, and God the Father said, you know, give me your son, your only one, your beloved, whom you love, and offer him to me. And then as Isaac walked up the hill of sacrifice with the wood on his back and the fire, he looked at his father and he said, Father, here is the wood and here is the fire for the sacrifice, but where is the lamb? And Abraham said, what? God himself will provide the lamb. And as Abraham goes to kill his son, God says, don't you dare Abraham lay a hand on that child. And then spiritually he says, Abraham, you don't have to give up your son for me. I'll give up my son for you. So 2,000 years later you hear John the Baptist, when he first sees Jesus, he says, behold the Lamb of God. Get it? God himself provided the Lamb. That he would give up his life for us. And again, that is very major, because if if you think that you can give up your life and be a good person and enter into the kingdom, you have been lied to. God gave up his son for you, and what you and I need to do is surrender our lives to him so that he can pay the penalty for my sins. If Jesus didn't have to, to die for our sins, then the cross is a complete waste of time. Christ is a complete waste of time. He came to die for us. That's what we believe. And we've got to surrender it to him. Now, it's quite interesting. When he goes and says that, a couple people follow after him, right? And as they go to follow him, they ask him, and Jesus looks at them and says, what are you looking for, right? In 1 John, uh, we go down to uh, chapter verse uh, 38. When Jesus turned around and noticed them following him, he asked them, what are you looking for? They said, where do you stay? Verse 39, get this, come and see. Verse 39 says, come and see. What he's saying is, come and see what I'm about. Come and experience life. Come and know salvation. Come and know me as the Messiah. Come and see where I live. Come and be where I am. And Jesus looks at each of us today, and he says, we come and say, Lord. He says, what are you looking for? And you're saying, I want life. I want healing. I want joy. I want peace. And he says, then come and see where I live. Come and be in my presence. Come and experience everlasting life. It's interesting because John does this on purpose, right? Here, uh, Jesus uh, says to the people, come and see where life is. Later on, when his friend Lazarus dies, Jesus looks at him and says, or to Mary Magdalene, I mean to Mary, Martha and Mary, where have you laid him and what do they say? Come and see. Jesus, come and experience our life. This is what it means to be human, death. So Jesus invites us to life, but we invite him to death because he has to die for our sins. He experiences all things for us. We invite him, Jesus, come and see what it is to be a human. Come and experience the sin because he took our sins upon himself. Come and experience death. But Jesus today says, no, no, come and see life, experience life. Now, how do we experience that life? Well, now we've got to go to the first reading today, huh? We do that by going, and I've talked about this a thousand times, so this is my main thing I preached on at 7.30 this morning when I had mass, but I won't do this for you guys. In I've been, I just got done teaching the, uh, 1 Samuel to my children at school. We just finished Samuel, and 1 and 2 Samuel. And this is the prophet uh, Samuel. He's one of the greatest prophets. Huh? He's the one that anointed uh, Saul king. He's the one that anointed David king. Samuel is a great prophet. He's the last of the judges and as Samuel goes and he was given away as a little boy his mother went and took him and said if you let me have a son he'll be dedicated to you so he was taken and dedicated as a child and given away or as soon as he was weaned to Eli the high priest and so he lived in the temple as he lived in the temple he was asleep now notice prayer is where we come to find God if you want to come and see Jesus you got to go and enter into prayer and so notice so first thing we got to do is make time available. He was sleeping in the temple. He was sleeping in the church, okay? He made time available for God. Then God always makes the first move in prayer, and he did. He whispered the name, Samuel, Samuel. When you and I enter into prayer, we've got to wait and listen for our name. He'll call you by name. That's what happens. Prayer is about him. It's not about us. It's when I come to know him better. He doesn't have to come to know me any better. He knows all about me, right? You know, and it ain't just going and saying your prayers at night. And again, I've talked about that a thousand times. I don't want to waste my time doing that again with you. But prayer is not doing prayers. Prayers is listening to God, being in a relationship with Christ. Now, as this happens, he hears it, Samuel, Samuel, he thinks someone else is talking to him. It's very clear. He goes up to Eli three times, and Eli finally gets the message and knows it's of God. So he says, okay, next time he says this, it's God calling you, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You should underline that. I said, gentlemen, you better have that underline in your Bible because until you get that, you'll never know Christ. Until you get that, you'll never know Christ. You and I, when we come before Almighty God, have to do the same thing. When you enter into prayer, when you come into the presence of God, when you're going to touch the throne of God, you and I need to do the same thing. Speak. Lord, you are God, you are servant, I am a slave, you're a slave, I'm listening. And then you shut up. That is prayer. That is really, I should say, the beginning of prayer. Until you do that, you're not going to really enter into relationship. Until you get what is important. Speak, God's going to talk, that means you've got to believe he's alive and he can say something. Lord, he's in charge you a servant, I'm a slave, I am here only to do your will, and I'm going to listen now to what you have to say to me. Altogether different way of prayer, now isn't it? And most of you have done that, I've talked about it a thousand times, but I just want to put that very succinct about what it's about. Now, the first thing when he comes to see life with Jesus, when he invites us to come and see, we have to enter into prayer today. The second part we have to listen now is to the second reading. And again, your translation or what you heard today is really bad. I don't like it at all. I never have. I don't like the new translation. But what are you going to do? And it's from 1 Corinthians, and uh, it starts, well, later on it starts at 17. But I want to go back to verse, six, uh, verse 9, chapter 6, verse 9. And here he begins, Can you not realize that the unholy will not fall heir to the kingdom of God? Now he says, so the unholy are not going to heaven. Let's be clear here. This is God's word. Do not deceive yourself. No fornicator. See, this, the, this translation says immoral person. Well, what's an immoral person? I don't know. Fornicator is better. Fornicator is sex outside of marriage. Very clear, very concrete. You know what it is. No one who has sex outside of marriage. No adulterer. No idolater. Idolater is putting things before God. Adultery is having sex with someone other than your spouse. No sodomite. No thief. No miser. No drunkard. No slanderers, gossipers, no robbers, stealers, will inherit God's kingdom. That's the word of the Lord. So no matter what, you know, when people sit there and like my kids at prep say, Oh, Father, I'm a good person. I said, Are you? Did you go to Mass on Sunday? No. I said, Well, you're in mortal sin. Do you have sex with your girlfriend? Yes. Well, then you're in mortal sin. Did you sit there and get drunk this past weekend? Yes. Well, you're in mortal sin. It says the Bible, the Word of God says you won't go to heaven, son. Father, that's what God's word says. You want to experience life and live the life of Christ. Don't live the life of the flesh. This is the life of the flesh. So if you're sitting there going, oh dear, here we go. He's going to preach about that again. I think there's been fornicators in this place. There's been adulterers in this place. There's been drunkenness place. There have been uh, idol worshipers in this very room right now today. All of us. And one of those things, I bet you can fall into that. And if you sit there and say, "I can't fall into any of those," Father, <laughs> well, you just fell into pride, which is the worst of all the sins. So there. Now, and such were some of you. And then it says, "But," and this is the biggest "but" in the Bible. "But you have been washed, consecrated, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God." So you might have sat there and says, "Yes, I've done those things. I mean, I can't go to heaven." No. You have the Lamb of God who took away your sins, but what must you do? Not only must you be a person of prayer, but you must surrender yourself totally to his lordship. You must allow Jesus Christ to take his blood, which was spilled at Calvary, and pour it over your life completely. Because it says you have been washed, consecrated, and justified. So if you've done those things, you've got to now let him come And cleanse you. And the only way he's going to cleanse you is when you repent of those. Saying, yes, Lord, I've done this, but I want to change. I want you to be in charge of my life. And that's before we heard the second reading. Now let's go on a little bit to the second reading. And then he goes on, he deals with these people, that say, everything is lawful for me. You know, next verse 12. Everything is lawful for me, but that does not mean everything is good for me. You got it. Not everything brings you life. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not let myself be enslaved by anything. Now all those things we talked about it, They all make us slaves, don't they? You know, I love the kids when uh, they'll sit there and talk about they're having sex with their girlfriend. I'll say, stop. And they try. But they can't a lot. of them. They struggle. They've become a slave to it. And then they're trying to stop because they're trying to stop how? Under their own power. Can anybody stop sinning under their own power? No, that's the problem. That's why some of us are still slaves. Because we're trying to do things by our power. I'm going to stop. No, you're not. You don't have the power. But if you surrender to Christ, he has the power, and this is how it goes on. But anyway, let's go on because I don't want to do all that stuff. It says verse 18. We're going to jump. Verse 18 of chapter 6, shun lewd conduct. So we have to do our part. We have to leave immorality, sexual immorality, drunkenness, all that. We have to shun it. That's the first part. Every other sin a man commits is outside his body, but the fornicator uh, sins against his own body. Verse 19, and again, if you don't have this underlined, you better underline it very big right now. 19, you must know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, the spirit you have received from God. That means that God dwells inside of us, huh? Then it says, you are not your own. Look at that. You and I think I have control of my life. You can't even take your next breath by yourself. God could take your breath away today. He could have taken me on Friday that fast. I just got done having coffee. I'm driving home. I thought, okay, I'll get some work done. Bang! It was that fast. I was not ready. In fact, the word that came out of my mouth had nothing to do with God. You know, it wasn't a good thing. And so God said, you know, I thought, he really taught me. Because last time something happened, I said, oh, Jesus mercy. This isn't what I said this time. i and like, oh, anyway. But, run, 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 run. but God could have taken me then. Is my life totally his? Is he all I desire? Huh? It can happen that fast. Is Jesus totally in charge of my life? I had to do some (laughs) thanking and then, Lord, you know, take over. What a jerk I am. But God dwells within me and you. You have been purchased. I am not my own and neither are you. And it says you have been purchased. And at what a price. And what was the price Christ used to purchase you and me? His Blood spilled at Calvary. You have been purchased, and at what a price. And then now it says, you want life? Come and see what life is. He says that last line, which well, must be the way we're living our lives every day. So glorify God in your body. The, the, my body is the place where I am called to give glory to God. The way I live my life. this shows that I have surrendered my life to Christ. I'm a person of prayer, and I show that because in my daily life, in this body of mine, not in some new age garbage in the next life, or I'm in my spirit, you know, or I left my body. Well, that's sorry. That's where you're going to have to be forever. We're going to get our bodies back. This being, this place, fat whatever it may be, is the place where God and you, we're called to glorify God in our body, the way we live. A lot of times we glorify the devil, especially young people, we're called to glorify God in our body. So today, Jesus invites us to true life, not slavery, freedom in life. And he does this by inviting us to come to be where he's at. And the way we come to be where he's at is we become people of prayer. And the second way we do that is we surrender ourselves fully to him, that he may live within us, his spirit may live within us, and he may show us the way to live our lives and glorify him in our bodies you got it get it good good each good good someone took me off over here i don't know what it was took me off may each of you know god's love today and forever amen